since that vote earlier, I was going to pull out the longer homily I had prepared. Uh, so there you go. I, I'm just kidding with you. So. so today is the third Sunday of Advent, also known as Gaudete Sunday. And that comes from Latin, and it simply means to rejoice. During Advent, we're preparing our lot to live a, a new experience of love and faith in God. Probably noticed that the third candle is lit today in our Advent wreath. It is also a different color than the others. It is rose instead of violet. The rose color signifies rejoicing. We are coming closer to the feast of Christmas, and the church encourages, encourages us to rejoice because God is about to fulfill his promise to us. However, this does not mean we have come to the end of our preparation this season of Advent. Instead, it is a way of urging us to be more focused and courageous. It is also a way of assuring us that our preparation during this Advent season shall soon be rewarded. All the readings we have heard today encourage us to be happy and joyful as we wait for the Lord's coming. The first reading today is taken from the book of the prophet Zephaniah and captures the festive mood of this season. Shout for joy, daughter Zion. Sing joyfully, Israel. Be glad, daughter Jerusalem. So why all the shouting and singing? Because the time of exile or separation from God is over and the Hebrews can now go back to Jerusalem and rebuild their city and the temple. God is in their midst again, and the people once again feel good about themselves because God has delivered them from their bondage. God's people are told to rejoice and exalt, and even more dramatically, that the Lord will rejoice over you with gladness. He will sing joyfully because of you. The reading, as throughout Advent, has God celebrating with the whole people. The whole community gathers around God, who is in their midst. This shared jubilation between God and his people is an important reminder for us today. It is a reminder that we are part of a great community of faith, reaching back into Jewish history and into a future that has not yet been revealed to us. The God who was at work among the people of Zephaniah's time is at work among us today. Our joy at seeing the things that God has done echoes shouts of joy from generation to generation. We know that God is a God that loves and delights in his people, a God that liberates and shares in the joy with his people and a God that saves his people, the very people that he has set free. The second reading today comes from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, which continues this theme of rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again, rejoice. In the reading, St. Paul reminds the Corinthian community at Philippi in Greece 
that the Lord is near and urges them to be joyful and generous in their relationships with one another, to pray confidently to God, and not to be anxious about their lives. I've heard a saying somewhere about anxiety. It goes, anxiety is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but gets you nowhere. It's pretty true. In the reading, St. Paul is not advocating a life that doesn't acknowledge suffering. Matter of fact, far from it. We know that after his conversion, Paul's life was marked with trial and difficulty. What Paul is trying to encourage us to do is to live a life of faith that trusts even when we are afflicted. He tells us to, to rejoice in the Lord always. He doesn't say, rejoice when things go your way, or rejoice when you are feeling good. He simply says, rejoice always. In other words, be happy in the Lord always. St. Paul goes on to give the reason why we should rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. Inner joy leads to this kindness. The person who goes around sullen, angry, and bitter has a hard time treating others with kindness. On the contrary, the angry person often treats others harshly. So St. Paul presents joy, a constant joy, as not just a good thing, but as a duty. To gain this type of inner joy is not easy to achieve, and it takes work, and it takes practice. It is, it is accepting that hard things will happen to us, and there will be sorrow in our life. But ultimately, God sees a bigger picture that we can't. And he has everything in his hands, including us. So in the gospel reading today, once again, as happens so frequently during Advent, St. John the Baptist takes the center stage. John preached the baptism of repentance, and although he was preaching in the wilderness, news of his teaching spread far and wide, and many people sought him out. And the crowds asked John, what should we do? John's advice doesn't ask us to do anything that extraordinary, just a simple justice that all of us recognize in our hearts. His advice is simple and practical. Live charitably and honestly. Share what you have with the needy and the poor. Be fair and honest with others. Don't be greedy and don't abuse anyone or make false charges against them. Then John goes on to add something else. Be satisfied with your wages. How hard it is for us to be satisfied with what we have. We're always thinking about some time in the future when we will be really happy. Perhaps some of you here right now are thinking about what you will have for lunch whenever Mass is over. Or maybe even looking forward to that moment when you can sink into your bed at the end of today. This constant desire 
Projecting in the future causes us such unhappiness. In fact, that desire may be the root of our sadness. So John tells us, be satisfied with what you have and place your hope in the Messiah. He will renew the earth with fire, the Holy Spirit. He will fulfill all our deepest longings. By ignoring our immediate desires and looking beyond them to the coming Savior, John teaches us the key to joy. He goes on to say, One mightier than I is coming. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And there is the joy John the Baptist communicates to the people by preaching the good news of the saving Messiah, who with his coming will establish justice and peace among us all. John the Baptist was sent as a messenger to prepare the world, not to save it. He was to start gathering the harvest, but the one to come will winnow it and separate the wheat from the chaff, which is determining who will enter the kingdom in heaven and who will not. The grain is what has the capacity to bear fruit, while the chaff will be burnt. Those who live according to the directives that John has laid out may have the capacity to bear fruit within. Like the tax collector who doesn't cheat people, or the soldier that doesn't extort or falsely accuse people. If we hold firm to our principles, we will set an example of living that may influence others to ask the question, what does that person have that makes them so happy and so joyful? So we need to ask ourselves, do we ask, act as the grain that bears fruit, or are we chaff that will be burnt with the unquenchable fire? So many of us are experiencing tough times. Maybe we lost our job or lost a loved one. Yet, we are expected to be joyful. So how are we to be joyful when so much around us seems troubled? Through faith. Faith that everything in life, good and bad, has a purpose. And that purpose will be used to help us grow in virtue and in holiness. Faith also directs our attitudes. Even the hardships and trials of our lives have a purpose and are used by God for what is really important in life, to prepare us for eternal life in heaven. We really do have much to be joyful about. As Catholics, through the Holy Eucharist, we have the true body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ physically united with our bodies. The source of all love and joy resides within each and every one of us. We have gained access into a holy family and a relationship with God. We have been given this family here at church and our community. We have been given the opportunity for everlasting life and the assurance that we are loved and will be eternally cared for. Let us look for and see Christ in each other. Let us honor and respect each other, knowing that Christ lives within us. Let our faith radiate the truth, no matter what trial, obstacle, or discomfort comes upon us. 
we deeply know that Christ is present and that he will come again offering an eternal life of joy, love, and peace for those who truly embrace him.